You're listening to the most fraudulent F1 podcast with Dan, a.k.a. Engine Mode 11. I secretly moonlight as hell with Marco at race weekends. And Blake, a.k.a. Break. Echo chambers of farts and idiots on Twitter after races. It's the engine breaking F1 podcast. Boom. Uh, no AI generated introduction today, I'm afraid. That was that was pretty spicy last week. And I, I I think about it every time I listen to that intro. And when you're talking about being helmet Marco, um, I just I'm cracking up in the background and it's in the recording and it just oh my god. That is some of the most fraudulent stuff yep. ever. And first, I'm I'm here for episode, it. I think. Was that not from our like first episode, I think? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. But uh, everybody that's everybody that's tuned in, welcome to the Engine Breaking Podcast. My name's Break. Um, actually, my name's Blake, but AKA Break, and this is Dan, AKA Engine Mode Eleven, our uh, our Twitter fraud meme lord himself. Cheers. Um, is that a monster and <laughs> a Red Bull top? <laughs> yeah, I'm wearing a Red Bull shirt while drinking the Lewis Hamilton limited edition Monster Can. I love and that man. A pink sparkly hat, and uh, I don't give a shit. So you know. Hey, wow! This is how I want to express myself, right? Live with it. Yeah, I'm. I'm here for it. Honestly, I. I think it's great. But um, I don't know who's like which fan base is probably gonna beat the crap out of you first for that kind of infringement. Bring them all on, mate. Bring them all on. I can. I can throw some hands, mate. I'm from Stevenage. Does anybody actually enjoy the taste of Monster? I prefer a Red Bull. Yeah. Really? Yeah, oh my God. You, can't, you can't say that. Well, ah. The only reason I drank it for six years is because it was free. Oh, fair now enough. I've got, now I've got to pay for it. Yeah, I can fuck yeah. off. Yeah, exactly. You'd get that big, big manly can. Let's go. But um, if anybody's new tuning into the episode for this first time, um, my name's Blake. We Dan, and this is Dan. We both used to work at Red Bull Racing for an age. We Between us, what is it, about 15, 16 years in Formula One? Yes, yeah, I A little like bit that. of a little bit of performance engineering, some senior systems engineering, just basically shithousing our way through it. And uh, yeah, stealing a living, you know. But now I think but Dan, Dan's got a, a normal human job now, and I'm full-time degenerate content creator, trying to make, trying my best to make educational, entertaining Formula One content. And this podcast is where we kind of, you're going to get a mix of everything, like a little bit of little bit of uh, fraudulence, which is very, very close to your heart. Uh, a little bit of tech. A little bit of uh, myth debunking, because I figure, hell, I mean, between both of us spending quite a bit of time in the industry and kind of understanding how it goes on, we can uh, make some jokes, we can have some laughs, and also dispel some nonsense that's going around and have a fun time while we're doing it. And everybody's welcome, even though Dan's wearing a Red Bull shirt. Oh, my God. Listen, we are the best, worst F1 podcast out there. Yep, Exactly. Exactly. So this episode, obviously, we're going to talk about the Spanish Grand Prix, but um, I want to talk a little bit about the uh, the Detroit Grand Prix, the IndyCar race of the weekend, because there's some interesting things, uh, some comments from Will Power, who had a really, really good race, um, saying F1 is a joke as far as competition. And we're going to weigh in on that because like, I have some thoughts on that. And I, mm, that's just, yeah, that's what everyone, every F1 reject says, though, isn't it? Oof, it's bold. A big toot to willpower, but uh, we'll go into the Spanish Grand Prix uh, and qualifying in the race. Aston Martin and Ferrari disappeared. What happened? Mercedes, they, Dan, do you think they're back on form? Does it look like they're back on form? Uh, I'm not going to spoiler it so close into the episode. 
Right, stick just... around to find out Dan's expert shitty opinion. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, we also had some questions again on the overtaking guidelines and penalties, and we're gonna there's a lot to talk about. And then at the end of that. What are we going to do? We're going to put a couple people on roast on the grill on the fraud watch list. Uh, we're going to give some props to some engine mode good boys. And Dan and I have been tasked last weekend with doing report cards for two teams to prove that we can not be biased. I'm so biased. But report cards for Alpha Tower from Dan. And uh, I've got Mercedes this week. So yeah, please, yeah. please, nobody uh, try to kill me. What do we got? So let's, let's, before we get into all that, there's been a little bit of news. We always we always like to keep it, keep our finger on the pulse on the the world of Formula One tabloids and everything him, everything else going on. What do we got? Oh, the big one, the big one. Uh, McLaren have stolen. They have com- they ram raided reception of Milton Keynes like the trophy thieves did a few years ago, <laughs> and uh, they have stolen Rob Marshall from Red Bull. So uh, Rob Marshall, if you don't know who he is, he's you know he's been around at Red Bull for 17 years, pretty much the beginning. Um, was he the chief engineering officer? I think was his last official title. Um, really, nice yeah, he's guy. like he's like I'm the CEO, and they're like, no, not that CEO. No, no, I'm the CEO. Trust me. Yeah, he's uh. the CEO, but the E is not a capital E. It's the uh, small E. Uh. Um, but yeah, no, he's a real nice guy, and it's. Um, uh, a bit of a coup, I think, for McLaren to snatch Rob. So he's going to be joining them uh, in January 2024 as their technical director of engineering and design. Ooh, Rob! I I met when I met Rob when I joined Red Bull. Um, super super nice dude. Really curious into all the the clever bits, and uh, he was definitely one of the the people that was like quite far up overseeing the technical projects. But I'm pretty sure in the last couple of years he's kind of started splitting up his work, working on stuff with Red Bull Advanced Technologies and other projects as well. So he's he's had his hands in quite um, a few projects over the last few years, but really, really nice dude, super clever bloke as well. So hopefully yeah. um, he, can, he can help teach them a thing or two. But let's, let's see, so that's another, another uh, is this part of the McLaren reshuffle that we've been talking about for the past couple of months? Uh, yes, I believe he's the last piece of the McLaren shuffle puzzle. Ooh, nah, there'll be more. There's going to be more. What's the reverse? The, the McLaren reverse Jenga. He's the last piece they've put back into the bottom of the tower or something. I don't know. <laughs> that shit's about to fall over. Yeah, well. Is that a little bit of foreshadowing for later in the episode? Oof. What else we got? We've got, we've got, so we've got some interesting... And I didn't see this one coming at all. We've got some very interesting discussions between multiple teams trying to. Um, Do you want to form an alliance? What's going on there? I, I don't understand this at all. Tell me what you know about this. Uh, well, so basically, um, Alfa Romeo called uh, Gunter, and then Gunter got on the phone. I need a call, Jane. And um, apparently, in Monaco, there's been a meet up with uh, Steiner and uh, Alfa Romeo CEO. Right, brace yourself, people. Jean-Philippe Imparato, which is probably completely wrong because everyone loves to point out when I'm completely fucked up. I pronounce <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, like, come on, he's English. Yeah. He's not European, yeah. in it? I struggle with people that are from the north, let alone fucking different countries. Anyway. <laughs> <coughs> J- J- JPI, was, we'll call him for the rest of the episode. Yeah, it took, it's what we're now, 29 episodes, and I still ain't got a fucking clue what Blake's saying, chat. 
Um, so yes, uh, Haas and Alfa Romeo look like they're going to possibly link up, uh, you know, because obviously Alfa Romeo are getting booted out from um, uh, Sauber. Why did that name completely fucking blank me then? He was also in the garage as well, completely changing topic. Did you see him? Peter Sauber. Yeah, he was in the garage this weekend. Uh, so Mr. Yes. Clean. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Salva, sorry, fuck, so we're completely... Salva is clean. Salva is clean in German. If if anyone had pre-10 minutes before this show went completely <laughs> off the rails, then congratulations, you've won. Um, that is, makes sense, right? Alfa Romeo obviously leaving because Salva are becoming Audi Works team. Yeah. Uh, Alfa Romeo, close to Ferrari. Haas, close to Ferrari. Makes sense, right? Yeah, that whole th- that whole thing makes sense, and I didn't see where that was going. But now that you explain that, it's like oh, I forgot. It's so it's not Alfa Romeo, the Sauber team, and Haas talking. No, it's, it's it's literally like, money. hi, we we might want to make you Alfa Romeo Haas, which is great because then we don't have an American team in Formula One. I hate yeah, you guys. We want to basically stick a sticker on your car, paint it red, and then pay you a lot of money a year. Yeah. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So. I mean, Haas obviously have close ties to Ferrari from their technical partnership. They get gearbox, suspension bits, engines, obviously. And then, um, yeah, I guess that all makes sense. I was like, I was like, where is this going? But yeah. Yeah. So Speak, there you go. Sp- speaking of buying teams, what about selling drivers? We got a little bit of everything on the uh, a la carte menu tonight. Oh, uh, Toto Wolf has been talking about Mick Schumacher. And uh, he, he was he was quite... Uh, vocal in a way, like in terms of saying, like you know, he wants Mick Schumacher in at Williams, but you know, in in not quite such a blunt way, he said that Logan Sargent's basically in the way, stopping from Mick being in a Williams. Um, which I thought was a bit, you know, a bit strong for Toto, but I suppose you know he's got to find a seat for his driver. Um, and then they said, okay, well, Toto said, you know, he's not going to get it back into F one until twenty twenty five at the earliest, right? Hear me out. So, go on. Do you, do you have a conspiracy theory, Dan? Uh, I don't have a conspiracy theory. It's more of a, why don't you just fucking put him in DTM for a year? Yeah. Why are you going to have him sitting on the sidelines? Mercedes or, have got a DTM team, haven't they? Yeah. Or, uh, wait, does DTM even exist anymore? Because it, didn't it turn into, I don't actually follow it. Didn't it turn into like GT3 and then kind of something else and then that? Somebody in chat will know. But Or why not just stick him in Super Formula? They're faster than an F2 car, slower than a Formula 1 car. Um Get him out of the house a little bit. He can go hang out with Liam Lawson. But uh, I reckon Liam would absolutely dust the floor with him, and he just wouldn't want to think about doing Formula 1 after that. Okay, yeah, so apparently... Someone said Indy as well. Why didn't you go, why didn't you go do a year in Indy? I don't know. It just seems a bit odd that you want your driver to have a seat for next year, but it has to be F1 or nothing. It's like, well... well after this weekend, why don't you just... Well, Toto runs Bottas's thing. Why does he be like, right, Bottas, you're out. But to be fair, he did have a messed up car, apparently. But, yeah, I I don't know. I'm not... I find Mick Schumacher very likable. It just doesn't seem like he's got that killer instinct. You know, like, you know, on the spectrum of the Dark Lord himself to a very kind and gentle person. Uh, Maybe... Not the uh, Dark Lord himself. Chat saying, why didn't they put him in the Clio Cup? I think that was uh, reserved for George Russell, wasn't it? Yeah, if it's he, like, right, good. Take your up. aggression out on this door banging. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. But um, 
Right. And I saw I saw this. Did you see how much flack F1 and Sky were getting over the weekend for this? I did, yeah. And I don't really understand why, because uh, this is a well, brilliant incentive that I think appeals to 90% of F1 Twitter. And that is <laughs> F1 and Sky to create bespoke Hungarian GP coverage for children. You know? But there are some technical superpowers who have very new to the sport but the thing about some of these new people into the sport is they take on information so rapidly and they are actually on par with adrian new in terms of technical insight on the internet it's outstanding but taking 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 the piss a little bit taking the piss a little bit on um on this f1 and sky are going to make content for children for the hungarian grand prix which is awesome which is actually awesome imagine imagine if as a young fan of the sport, you're like, oh, now I've got something more accessible for my kids. And but like, what? How did you start? It's a question for you, then, Dan. Mm. How did you start watching Formula One? Because not to say that the way children consume content now is the same as the way they do it then. But how did you start watching Formula One? Uh, well, back in my day, when I used to have to walk six miles to school and shut uh, up, shut up, know, and watch it on my black and white telly. Uh, no, how did I? No, I. I I didn't really seriously follow F1 until I was sort of in my later teens because I was more of a uh, endurance fan and I was just like, F1, yeah, whatever. So, I mean, as a, as a kid, I wasn't really... Sometimes it'd be on like the free-to-air channels and in yeah. the background, but I, I didn't really pay a huge amount of attention to it. But um, no, I think this is it's a good incentive and I think give it... Give it a couple of weeks and uh, we're going to basically replace me and you with my two daughters. They can just fucking run the podcast. Me and you can retire. Yeah. Bollocks, we're done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, uh, okay, so what, what are the, what's the ins and outs of it? What does it look like? What does the new right. Formula One coverage for kiddos look let like? Me, let me get my, <clears throat> my best. I didn't copy and paste this from a press release uh, voice on. <clears throat> but it's cool. The UK broadcast will feature presenters of the Sky Kids show FYI, uh, Braden and Scarlett and Go-Kart Zach, who will join 2016 F1 champion Nico Rosberg in brackets. Same machinery, Rosberg. Yeah. Nico, I beat Lewis Hamilton and equal machinery, Rosberg and uh, Danica Patrick to create F1 juniors. Um, okay. So again, that, you know, I'm very happy for Yuki that he's getting a show just for him. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I waited until you took a, took a sip of your drink <laughs> to say that. And uh, yeah. Yeah. I almost spat that into my GoXLR and need to get a new microphone. There goes 500 quid down the drain. You're a dickhead. Uh, the series will create a dedicated international feed featuring bespoke graphics and sound effects for the broadcast. Right. I'll tell you what those sound effects are going to be man. <laughs> yeah it's just going to be oh and here's a team radio from yuki and that's the end of it <laughs> yeah da -da 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 -da. yeah why well, won't my wait wait wrong button hold on is it uh, nothing like some uh, live, live talk i know but this bug sucks what is what yuki can you explain this one i know but this bug sucks uh yeah yeah um is <laughs> it Oh, but hey, look, there's more. Listen, if you thought that sounded exciting, listen, there's more. 
Uh, okay. An additional quirk is the placing of 3D augmented graphics, which are planned to feature on specific camera angles in much the same way that some advertisements are positioned trackside through the use of CGI. That's going to be really interesting. Maybe, maybe for my next for the Hungarian Grand Prix watch along, I'll watch the the kids feed and see what it's like. Mm, yeah. So I think that could be that could be awesome. But what's going to happen is we're going to get some of these very young fans, and they're going to get hooked on this, and uh, they're gonna they're gonna want the data, Dan. They're gonna want the data. They're gonna, they're gonna come, be come here. And be like, hey, you fucking little kids, come here and listen <laughs> to this shitty fucking podcast, you little wankers. <laughs> oh my god i hope not uh, yeah that's not very responsible parenting to let kids listen to our podcast but no, uh no but someone <laughs> there was i think there was a youtube <laughs> comment where some guy was like i love your podcast but i don't love having to quickly mash the mute button every time that you start talking because i forget my kids are in the car <laughs> so, uh, you know what whoever that was shout yourself out yeah <sighs> Yeah, well, you know, we. I feel like we could change that, but then it wouldn't be us, uh, and that that would be talk, a disservice. We talk like they talk in the pit lane. Everyone that works in the pit lane has got a disgusting potty mouth. Yeah, very, very true. Before we get into the Spain, the Spanish Grand Prix, which was it was uh, Spain without the S for a couple of people. Before we get into that, let's talk about some IndyCar real quick because we both dove in head first watching the 500, which was a great event. And I've watched bits and pieces of it before, but it's like, right, I'm going to start watching IndyCar races. Uh, it's a really, really good product. I mean, the race that it was in downtown Detroit, it's not on Bell Isle anymore. The track was bumpy. It was chaos. It was fucking wild shit track, lots of restarts. Um, and th th there's one thing I want to get to, but did you see Grosjean getting cooked on Twitter? Uh, I don't think that's a new thing. Uh, no, no, I missed no. it. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't see any of the, the okay. Detroit. Well, to, so uh, this the, is all you, baby. Yeah, the, the the race, I thought the race was super enjoyable. There was lots of overtakes, lots of battle, and you had lots of situations where a car would overtake another car, then they'd trade back positions the next corner, get a little bit wide, all sorts of chaos. I mean, and it was a really bumpy street track and a sh shit surfaces. Uh, and Grosjean, as far as I could tell, clips the inside of a wall, and breaks his track rod and then understeers into the outside wall and takes himself out of the race. And then this morning on Twitter, I saw that he said, ah, suspension failure. And it was like, there's a huge, huge tire mark on the inside wall that I'm pretty sure is yours. And if I'm wrong, I will apologize. But, you know, smashed the inside wall with your inside tire. That's not a suspension failure. I mean, he's That's not a, wrong. He just got the timeline. <laughs> The wrong way around. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. It was a suspension failure, but what about the five seconds before that? Yeah, it, it did fail. It did fail ultimately. Then he had another front left suspension failure when it was inside of the wall. Uh, the front wing came off. And yeah, but there was, I think there was a little bit of, uh, it might have been Ericsson actually. It might have been Ericsson this time for real. But um, here's, let's get to the point where I wanted to talk about this. Other than me thoroughly enjoying the uh, IndyCar race last night, Pro yeah. probably probably more than I enjoyed the Spanish Grand Prix. Not yeah, gonna lie, I'm not self, ladies and gentlemen. We're gonna have to have an IndyCar engine breaking spin-off series. No, nah, no, it's not. We don't have time for that. But he, Will Power, I think he finished P two. Uh, good race. After he was he was impressive. But after the race, he said, 
here's some quotes that I've cropped out of some article that I don't remember where it's from, but he said, it's so tough, an amazing field, the toughest field in the world, and people need to know it, especially compared to F1. Um, Formula One's a joke as far as competition, but not as far as drivers. They've got amazing drivers, and I feel sorry for them that they don't get the experience satisfaction we do with our racing because the top level of open wheel motorsport. I think, and then he goes on to say, we can weigh in on both of these. I think Formula One would be so much better if they had a formula like IndyCar. I love the technology and the manufacturer side of it. I think it's awesome. But from a spectator watching, man, how cool would it be if everyone had a Red Bull? All right. Take one. Competitive field. How do, how do you feel about that? Part one. 50%, if not more, of my enjoyment of F1 is seeing what technical bullshittery the teams have come up for their cars. Um, I don't want a spec series. I don't want F1 to ever become a spec series. If I want to watch a spec series, I'll watch IndyCar. And you know what? That's okay. Both can exist. Both can coexist. That's fine. I, you know. I think you've yeah. home run. But I, I, I get it. Like, I watch that and I see the drivers changing positions back and forth. And I think it's spectacular racing. It's like, great. I like that. And if I want to watch more of that, I'll go watch Aussie Supercars. Or I'll watch, I watched the um, or the, the the endurance race, the six hour at Paul Ricard. I watched that this weekend. That was a that was a fucking blast. But the the, the my draw, the Formula One is the exact same thing as you. You've got, you know, you, we've had dominance and all sorts of shithousery in Formula One for ages. And when they change the regulations, somebody comes out on top and somebody comes out on bottom. Yeah. And some people don't. Some people don't come at all. Yeah. Listen. When they got rid of the uh, barge boards, I I had a I had a a uh, morning period in this household. Those barge boards give me those slabs of carbon back any day. They are grotesquely beautiful, and that's the what yep. I like. Shit like that. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So I get it, but I don't understand. Like, the, I think I I don't disagree with Will's comments on that. That the competition is fierce, but it's a different product in terms of racing and excitement. Uh, on a sample of two, I, I would I would rate the the five hundred and even the Detroit Grand Prix, which some people say that the track sucks compared to Belle Isle, and maybe Belle Isle sucks. I don't know. I enjoy both of them for different reasons. Do I wish that the competition was more fierce in Formula One? Yeah, I do. I do. I'd, I'd love to see. Um, Lewis, Max, Charles, Checo, Sainz, uh, King George, and, and the Dark Lord and Lance Stroll mixing it up. I'd love to see that right now. But, um, I mean, yeah, someone in the chat rightly says all street tracks suck regardless of the series. Yeah, yeah, but they, but they, pre the they present the different challenges. That, yeah, the only one that gets away with it, kind of, is Formula E. But I think that's purely because Formula E's never really raced on the proper track. So uh, I don't think we've got much to compare to. Um, but yeah, no, uh, whatever. Listen, I like IndyCar. I like F1. If you like IndyCar and don't like F1, cool. If you like F1, don't like IndyCar, cool. Whatever. Just vibe. Yeah. Uh, somebody, in the, somebody in the Twitch chat said exactly. Apples and oranges, they're different products. But from a spectacle point of view... I do say that parts of Formula One I enjoy more and parts of IndyCar I enjoy more. I'm going to like both of them. Thank you. The parts I enjoy the most are the shithousery. Uh, I miss Toto Wolf and Christian 
rowing through media interviews. I, I you know, I, I need that drama back in my life. Yeah, I know. What about? We should just bring Cyril back. Yeah, that was good. He's busy now, though, isn't he? He's in, doing something for Hyundai now, isn't he? Doing that? Yeah, like, exactly. Uh, yeah. Rally program or something. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, let's. Uh, shall we move? Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. Let's 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 talk about the Spanish Grand Prix. The Spanish Grand Prix. Oh, talk to me. Build up. Do. The build up though. Uh, did you see uh, before we get into that? Did you see the Ryanair? <laughs> Red Bull Mercedes. Oh my God! The, uh, the the social admins got into it. What was it? A picture of the uh, the Mercedes uh, outside the window of the Ryanair. Yeah, on the crane, like the, in the air <laughs> shot. It's like don't don't be mad at us. If we lose any wheels. And the Red Bull admin got. What did the Red Bull admin say? Because that or, or it was Haas. Oh no, sorry. It was Ryanair taking the piss. I was like, we'd rather have a Red Bull anyway or something like that. I was like, Jesus yeah, Christ. Like a better view to watch Red Bull run away or something from the field or something like that. Yeah, no, that was... <sighs> well, I do like a bit of social media shithousery, and that was a good have you, one. Have you ever thought about contracting your services as an expert meme lord to uh, any commercial institutions? I don't know, maybe. Yeah, maybe that could be my tax write-off. Um, my, my fraudulent activity could be setting up a company that claims to be a, uh, a contracted meme. What do you call them? Contractor, consultant. <laughs> that's the word I was looking for. Yeah. Which I should have but- known that word because that's what I am in my real life. <laughs> 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 you know, but like twenty nine episodes and and my uh, uh, intellectual in what's the fuck sake yeah. intellectual degradation has been documented across 29 episodes man but uh the, yeah the, the reiner admin goes a little bit heavy sometimes like all right dude all right dude you're I gonna mean, have to wind that I'm one in for ryan yeah, i mean jesus i don't yeah. really try and entertain myself somehow yeah but uh yeah nice here's, bit of here's shithousery. another bit of shithousery when max has done one of these before in the past right max is like uh, the Ferrari stop, I could hear the wheel guns in the background off of his race engineer's headset. This weekend during free practice too, he's driving around the track and GP is talking to Max. And here's, when you see the race, Red Bull engineers sit on the pit wall. During free practice, Red Bull engineers stand in the alcove, as they call it, which is next to the car. And the, so it's basically, you've got performance engineer, you've got helmet who sits on Max's side, and you've got GP uh, the race engineer, and maybe like an engine systems guy on that. So they have access to the car and driver. And uh, he's driving around, GP's talking to Max on the radio, and he's like, is that Helmet's phone? And the reason he could tell that it's Helmet's phone is probably because it's an old Nokia brick, and he had the ringtone on. <laughs> he's like, hold on, Helmet's busy playing Snake in between session. It's like, oh, yeah, that's only, that's got to be a Helmet phone. I heard that phone go, I was like, fucking, that's Marco. <laughs> <laughs> the familiar tone of like uh you know like when your granddad's got a super loud ringtone because he's deaf yeah. as fuck yeah that's yeah it was like those sort of vibes it was like jesus oh my god but like i remember one one race i can't remember where it was but it's like somebody one of the one of the people on the comms team was sent up and down the pit lane looking for a charger for a nokia because like they they lost helmets only charger he left it in the hotel and it's like fuck's sake yeah that shit kills me though oh my god 
But um, yeah, and every time you move, I think I've said told this story before. But every time he moves <laughs> positions in the garage, you have to update his fucking um, what do you call it? His radio panel, the intercom preferences. Yeah, because yeah. he can't fucking do it himself. <sighs> I mean, th- to be fair, those retail intercoms are kind of a yeah. I, I, yeah, if I was on that pay grade, I'm not touching a redel panel. I mean, as a, as a, as an engineer using them, fine. I just call the redel guy. I'm like, hey, can you give me these channels? Yeah, like that's a secret channel. It's like, no, I'm kind of a big deal. Give me the secret channels. And like, okay, you're smart enough to always stand in the same position, so you don't have to fuck around with that. Whereas him, yeah, he's just Marco's magical mystery garage tour. Like, who knows where he's gonna perch up next? Yeah, it's like which panel is he on? Six A. Shit. No, I had that one set up for the engine guy. No. Uh, speak, anyway, anyway, we, we digress. And that's the end of the episode, guys. Thanks for hanging out. Yeah, cheers. Bye. Just kidding. Um, Steiner. Steiner got, uh, he got yellow carded by the FIA. <laughs> oh, my God. So Steiner gets summoned into a hearing. What happened, dude? Talk to me. Oh, this so, kills me. This yeah, tickles me so hard. <laughs> me too. <laughs> For a, a good reason. And I'll, I'll tell you at the end. Right. So Steiner got called uh, up by F1 uh, or from whatever, uh, because in a Monaco interview, I believe it was, he basically asked for F1 to use full-time stewards who are permanently employed because uh, he feels that the decision-making is a bit inconsistent. Now, I think that's a fair point, And I think, you you know, I think we can all agree that, yeah, sometimes it's not great. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, that seems like it was... It was concise and con- clear and constructive. It was like, hey, this is kind of a problem. Here's a suggestion. Because the stewards are volunteers, basically. I'm sure they get their flights and shit paid for, but it's just like usually old drivers, old old race stewards, and that's it. And it's just like a revolving door. And like, then they don't seem particularly consistent to us on the outside. I don't know what you guys think, but I, I feel like they're relatively inconsistent. We'll get back to one of those inconsistencies later from this weekend alone. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that fucking proved his point, didn't it? Um, but his particular grievance uh, was related to Nico Rosberg getting his Monaco penalty. Um, Hulkenberg. Sorry, yeah. Who did I say? Nico Rosberg. Yeah, I was like, did he park it on the escape route oh, at yeah, turn sorry. five again in qualifying? <laughs> sorry, Nico Rosberg came back for a uh, one-race special with Haas. Uh, uh, apparently... By making these comments, he is alleged alleged to have breached three parts of the FIA's International Sporting Code. Now, don't worry. Oh, my God. I fucking read through this, so you didn't have to. Point one. uh, Acting prejudicial to the interests of any competition or to the interests of motorsport generally. Point number two, causing moral injury or loss to the FIA, its bodies, its members, or its executive officers, and more generally, on the interest of motorsport and on the values defended by the FIA. And then point three, uh, misconduct towards officials. Going back to point two, man, MBS did plenty of that on his own. Well, actually, it was him doing that to FOM, uh, which own, owns the rights to the series, or is the rights holder effectively but uh i don't know i don't i don't buy any of that they were basically saying what you cannot do is talk bad about the fia and it's like you guys do kind of suck sometimes but yeah. uh I, what i don't know what did he with him issuing his uh discussing his grievances i think i think that's only fair that you should be allowed to do that but 
The greatest part of all this was uh, the summarization. So um, I think it was, I don't think he got in trouble for it in the end. I can't remember what the exact outcome of this was. It was a reprimand. A reprimand, thank you. Um, But one of the points in there said that uh, the FIA accept that Gunter meant no offence to anyone because if he did, he would have used a very different set of words. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to fuck smash, you fucking idiots. Uh, I just thought that was great as part of his defence. He was like, I didn't mean to offend anyone. If I wanted to, I would have used a lot different vocabulary. That was the equivalent of, don't you know who I am? Is that that in a nutshell? That It was brilliant. That kills me, man. That kills me. Oh. Going going through the rest of the, the weekend leading up to qualifying, we had a we had somebody mention the p word, and I was I was just like <laughs> somebody mentioned the p word. Yeah, which p word is I it? I can't remember which driver it was. Um, it was the Mercedes was were, were bouncing okay. quite a bit in turn fourteen. Yeah, the, and and like yeah, Poor it's it's. It's like this, you know, it's like when the, uh, the, the journalists get caught up on a, a buzzword and you literally have to, you have to waterboard them to get it out of their mind or something. But it's like, anytime anybody sees a bump on a track, you're like, it's porpoising. It's like, no, well, yeah, there is a bit that's, that. that's, that's what the, the suspension does. Like, so when there's like bumps on the track, like it absorbs those. And sometimes the car moves, it's, it's called a car. Um, I was just like, okay, I have to turn this off now. I turned it off basically. Yeah, but Spain. I stopped watching. Spain's got quite. It's not a very flat surface in Spain, is it? It does have quite a lot it, of undulations. It does, but in two or three years ago, they did resurface it, so it went from being relatively bumpy to smooth in terms of lumps and bumps, but also still quite a high-wearing circuit as well. But in the final corner, there was some a little lumpus a bumpus, and there's a little bit of bibbity bobbity bouncing as well. So, yeah, a couple yeah. cars did look pretty. Pretty dog shit there as well. I didn't hear any mention of it other than like the FP1, FP2 sessions. So um, yeah, either they all just got on with it or, you know, I don't know. Yeah. At least nobody mentioned anti-dive on the broadcast today because otherwise I would have lost my shit. Mm. Mm, nobody did that. Thank you, guys. Um, th- Now, if anybody was watching and they watched the broadcast, they saw some pictures. There were some tires running around the circuit without any branding or stickers or labels on them. What's what's that about, dog? Those uh, were part of the two sets that each team got on a Friday uh, of prototype Pirelli rubber. And they are the Silverstone spec onwards that we're getting. So I think, I believe it's like different sidewall construction, perhaps something like that. Um, I don't think they've officially said what's different about them. They've said construction in general. Compounds don't change construction does change to give them a little bit more scope for dealing with loads because as we take the piss every episode imagine a formula one car getting faster but i think the cars are not as slow as they thought they'd be because they did think that they would uh Mm. slow them down a bit so yes but by stiffening the sidewalls you kind of do change the compound a little bit or at least the way it behaves anyway i'm not going to go down the fucking rabbit hole of tire let's not dynamics and things like that well you should ask twitter what they think honestly because i feel like you might get some really creative answers there to ask them they'll tell me that's the good thing about twitter they'll they'll just fucking tell me i don't need to ask Um, so yes sorry here's a good here's a good sort of question because a lot of people might be thinking like what's what's the fucking relevance of this running a prototype tire and 
you, I would suggest, are probably a good man to ask, being a former race engineer. So what, what can you learn from this sort of thing? What's, what's the purpose behind it? Well, the one thing I noticed is that sometimes when Pirelli give you a new tire, people say, I'll just get it, get rid of it as soon as possible in P1, which is not a bad idea to do. It's like, yeah, we ran it. We'll, you know, we'll gather the data for it. You can go, uh, what they'll probably do if it's a new tire construction, they've probably run it loads and loads on the flat track, which is like a, a tire dyno. It's like a big arm. It puts loads and spins the wheel and you measure all the forces off of it. And then they'll, you know, after they've run them through several cycles and endurance tests, they'll cut the tire open, check the uh integrity of the belts and everything through the thickness of it um but teams can probably learn a little bit it's like they probably say this tire has the same vertical stiffness so the ride height should be similar you can then go and see do our lasers say that this tire is the same stiffness as the normal tire we're about to run that's good information for you to know if it's slightly different um so you'd be like oh in silverstone we need to add half a mil front ride height back into the car than what we would have done which is which is tweaking but um that's useful uh they can see warm-up and everything else but the tires in general this weekend i think as as a whole like you, you saw it in qualifying with the cold track is like what's going on is a little bit wild um free practice one and two probably a little bit better but teams even a few teams did even elect to long run those prototype tires in fp2 which means they gave up learning for their race preparation in order to um get a little bit of how's the deg on this new prototype construction so um, teams were definitely taking this seriously because they're coming in Silverstone. So, yeah. Yeah, like it or not. Yeah, exactly. So, you so. might as well take what you can learn about them now. At Spain, which is, you know, a lot of testing has happened there in the past and things like that. It's a good test track because it has a little bit of everything. So, yeah, it was like a free little test session for them on those tyres. And why not? They got a good set of data. To yeah. work with so yeah so I, here's here's an interesting question on that point from uh from mark in the chat is genuine question because i don't know how these things work mercedes and ferrari are testing 2024 2024 tires this week in barcelona besides gathering data do these two tires also provide a sneaky chance for them to test their current 2023 cars yes and no usually how pirelli tire tests work like this is you give pirelli your setup sheet at the beginning of the day and you submit that to the FIA and there's an FIA representative usually in the garage um, and you cannot change the setup of your car. So you run a known configuration that you ran probably from the weekend um, and you're literally gathering data for Pirelli. Pirelli will give you the run plan. Are you doing fast, slow, fast? You're doing high fuel. Um, are you doing a camber test? All of that. Will the teams get something out of running their car more? Yes. Will it have a significant advantage in their preparation for the future events this year probably not very much will it give them a chance to learn about next year's tires possibly but these whatever prairie roll out with next season will be quite a bit different to what they're testing this weekend probably so is and is that a massive advantage i was just, just going to add um all the teams are invited to participate in these tire tests it's not they don't just go up to ferrari and mercedes and say hey you two all the teams are invited so for this one i think it's ferrari and mercedes but then maybe later in the year hungry or something red bull and williams might do it it's it's everyone's invited and i don't know if it's still the case but i i believe that all the data that was generated from these tests gets sanitized and distributed to all the teams for fairness yeah i don't remember what subset like they're not sending around car telemetry for example but in terms of 
uh, lap times, what the test item was, what the comments were and feedback. All I think yeah. all that information gets shared across the team. So it might sound like something sketchy, but uh, yeah, also ask F1 Twitter because they probably know better. <laughs> Uh, oh my god but no i think that's it's it's not something super sketchy now if you were to do a private test with pirelli in like 2013 and not tell anybody else about that jesus you might gain an advantage from that but that probably has never happened i don't know you you'd probably gain an advantage from that if you did a private test that nobody else knew about um and you got i don't know i i think you i think you might gain an advantage from that you might. Listeners, I'm shaking my head at this shocking revelation. You might. You might. But anyway, um, let's talk about qualifying. The dance. It was a bit of a, bit of a uh, not a shit show, but it was, it was certainly action-packed. There you go. There's a it, nice little buzzword for you. You know, you know what? This was the kind of shit show that I can get involved in because I enjoyed it. I thought, you know what the best thing, we say this last time. The best thing that I enjoyed about qualifying is I did not know what was going to happen. I did not know what was going to happen. Is, is, was Max going to get pole again? Pro- it looked like that was probable. Fine. Remove that from the situation. Everywhere back from there. I ain't no way that I know what's going on. So let's start with Q1. Yeah. We, lost, uh, we lost a soldier there in Q1, a, a real competitor. Oof. The Dark Lord himself, Fernando Alonso, hits a wet patch and sends it through the gravel. Uh, decides to pepper spray the underneath of his floor with gravel, which results in some damage. <sighs> but like you saw that throughout qualifying the rest of the session, every time he was back in the garage, the mechanics were under there with, with tape and bonding glue and scraps and bits and pieces trying to get the car back together. And that's the kind of thing that you can do during qualifying. It's like, right, we're not changing the car. We're literally unfucking the car because it's in bad shape. I remember Max used to do that a lot in free practice one. He just send it over some curves or into yeah. the gravel. He's like, what? It's like, it's free practice one. It's a wet, cold track. He's like, yeah, 98% seemed about the right amount of pushing hard. And it's like, yep, there goes our only new front wing for the weekend. Yep. Back to, back to the shitter. Don't yep. worry, we're going to finish P5 anyway. Composites because of the advantage. Because of that advantage from that 2013 tire test, the unsanctioned one. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Okay, get Toto's going to give his sent his solicitors to us in a minute if you carry on. That's fine. Um, it's fine. Lots of people were losing it around sort of T ten. Oh. Um, sorry, turn ten. I went into fucking robot. Yeah, I went into fucking uh, pit lane mode. Then sorry. Did you get your clipboard out for yeah. the check the tire pressures? <laughs> oh, what a fucking nerd. Uh, <clears throat> but that corner. Again, listen, I know people looking at this, watching live and, and on YouTube will look at me and think, I'm not a man that was built for speed. I was built for comfort, right? Yeah. Once upon a time, believe it or not, I did used to run around tracks, right? And I, and Spain was one of the ones I'd ran around. And it is very deceiving being seeing it on TV and actually being on the track in person. So that turn 10 has got like quite a weird little bit of camber to it. Yep. Um, and... Turn 10 is scarred in my mind because that was where Gasly had his infamous crash uh, at Red Bull during testing in 2019. Uh, in 2019. 2019. 2019. I'm from the future. Um, uh, yeah, I don't remember that at all. Uh, I switched off during testing after 2018 because I ran... I was... I had to... I did the testing. So I my last season was 2017, right? But I... Because Hugh was having a kid, 
or something. He was having a kid. So I did Melbourne. So I did winter testing. And then I ran the show car the day after. But that's the last time I remember going to Spain. And I've I've blanked all the winter testing. It's like somebody's been the car. Nah, forget about it. Yeah, YouTube is getting smashed somewhere, wouldn't you? Nah, I was in the simulator, just in a dark room, listening to all the, like, the simulator and making beeps like... Like that, that, that's, yeah, that's my pulse disappearing in my soul, leaving my body at the same time from that dark room. Okay, there you go. Thanks for that, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Um, I should be paying you guys for this. This is like free therapy. Uh, but one of the victims of this uh, sort of turn 10 area was uh, Nick DeFries. And uh, I think he like spun out twice on the same corner and he come he came across the radio quite dejected. And sort of said to his race engineer, like, what am I doing wrong or, or what can I do differently? And I, I thought that was another good question that we should ask you, Blake. What could Nick have done? What advice could you have given Nick in that situation? Well, honestly, what I would say is, I'd, I, you know, I'd, I'd look at the simulations and I'd look at what happened. And then I'd look at Nick and just be like, can you keep the black stuff on the tarmac, please? That would have been literally the advice. Just keep it on the tarmac, mate. But on a serious note, I think a lot of people, that's probably all I would have said, honestly, but on a serious note, a lot of teams looked like they were struggling uh, with warm-up. Again, we had this in last race, um, you know, people alternating their tire preparation. You had it in Melbourne, especially. Remember Melbourne was another one of those wacky, like just wild card qualifying sessions. Again, cold track uh, teams struggling to get the tire switched on. Parts of the track were also damp. Um, was it the turn five? A couple people had a little spinale at turn five. Checo did that one, didn't he? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah later later in the session. Yeah, so yeah, um, keep keep the black stuff on the tarmac, avoid painted lines, and make sure your tires are up to grip. When you were racing, feedback. because uh, Yuki was was doing quite well. So, lot in like real time, could you? look at yuki's telemetry or do you only get access to the driver no. you're so, managing when performance engineers are looking at both drivers telemetry simultaneously so if they're both live on track i'm watching both of them as they go if they're out of sync i'm looking like right what has he done but the most important thing that you'll do in like q1 is you'll be looking at your tire temperatures and the driver has the targets on the dash it's like right my target is they they they, they obscure it they'll give them target plus five or plus ten or whatever else right but, you know, it's like, my okay, now my target's zero, which is like, you know, 80, 90, or 100 degrees Celsius. All right, target zero. Okay. The engineer and driver should be looking at that and feeding that back. And maybe they, they're not sure. They're like, well, the tires are in the window, but they're not producing grip because it's actually a weird one. Just the carcass temperature is not an indication alone that the tire is ready to generate grip. And if I tell you any more, I will get a cease and desist letter. Yeah, we're going to lose listeners if we go too yeah, far exactly. down the tire route. Oh, fine. Yeah, but anyway, so that, that that temperature is one thing and they're going to be monitoring that. But yeah, you'll be looking at, at what's, you know, he'd be looking, if I was his engineer, his performance engineer, I'd be like, right, what is Yuki doing to warm up the tires? Is he going higher top speed? Is he using DRS or no? You know, all sorts of little top, fine details. And those are important. And you see teams that are properly fucking switched on. And I think hats off to my, my buddies on the Red Bull cars. Um, those guys, the performance and race engineers are very, very switched on and adaptable. So, oh right. Well, thank you for that. And and why? Sorry. Right, could you hit me on the uh, fraud files, please? Hold on. Um, I think it's this one. F1 
one's wackiest rumors, theories, and conspiracies. On this episode of The Fraud Files. Uh, talk we, to me. we need to talk, talk why uh, Mattia Bonotto was spotted late or early Saturday morning um, banging spanners on the back of uh, Charles Leclerc's car. And, oh my uh, God. Causing issues every time he turned left. Oh my God. It's a me. What the <laughs> fuck mama, here? you've mama your last Mia gearbox. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, yes, Charles. Charles, just. Ah, Charles. What, what mm. do we say about this? I mean, the guy was complaining about his car in FP3. Uh, they still had issues of it into qualifying, struggled with the tyres, uh, went w- wide on the first run, uh, then had some issues with the brakes. Um, someone looked into this as well and said that he was visibly losing time every time he t- went on a left turn. Yeah, I, I think that's interesting in itself. And there's a lot of people said, guys, obviously just look at the left turns and figure it out. It's like, honestly, if Ferrari haven't spot, like, because if let's say that there's something broken in the suspension, the chassis is broken depending on the degree of how broken it is um you can see a lot of things like you would see that the the mechanical balance or the, the way the roll couple is the difference in left to right push rods for example would look different versus roll or other metrics you'd be like all right something's broken there's something asymmetric like usually when those things happen you can see them um yeah it's pretty obvious right it depends it depends like, cause back in the, you know, there's all those old stories of Riken. It was like, oh, my chassis broken. They didn't spot it. But I, I, there's enough good information and models running in the background that you can check that things make sense or don't make sense. And you can highlight discrepancies. And I think they're probably equipped for that big man. But if they haven't spotted it. Have they got uh, the facilities for that big man? <laughs> I, I ain't got the facilities. But not this is. <laughs> so, yeah. that's That was an odd one, though. Because yeah. he, I mean, he was... In the race, we'll talk about the race in a minute, but the qualifying was like, who is this? What What is this car? Who is this driver? There's yep. nothing, yeah. But anyway. Um, so yeah, sorry, that was, our, that was our big loss from Q1. Uh, the big surprise, I think, was uh, old Charlie boy getting, uh, getting it all wrong. That was wild, man. That was wild. Q2. Yeah. Q2. Q2, uh, Sergio Perez is continuing uh-huh. his form of... Uh, having incidences in qualifying although this time he he um got a promotion from q1 to q2 this time it was q1 in monaco yeah now it was q2 uh he went wide went yeah you get it wide fuck's sake at turn five on his second push lap in q2 uh went through the gravel uh and he basically fucked it so he couldn't do another yeah, so he, he he aborted that lap and tried to go again, but the tires were screwed yeah. after going through uh, gravel. But I think that was maybe touching a little bit of the painted curb on the entry, or somebody else did that there for sure. But it sucks, man. It sucks so much because going into Monaco, he 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 had his Rosberg shot at this championship. Genuinely, yeah. nobody could say that he wasn't going to continue it. And then you know it's super unfortunate, in Monaco. That sucks to see especially somebody you know it's like that sucks to see in monaco and you know having a an okay recovery drive here but like you know you need to be if you're not if you're not on the pole you need to be p2 especially when that car is yeah fucking well clear like the car is clear end of so 
uh, Perez, also another victim of the very strange track circumstances. But that's that's not all we had in some strange circumstances in a in a. We do, this isn't a fraud file, so I'm not no, gonna no, do it. Hit it, go on, fuck it, let's just go for it. No, 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 no it's fine. We'll do. Wait. F1's wackiest rumors. All right, we'll start there. Uh, Russell, uh, King George. Sat out. At it again. Yeah, King George sat out of Q2. Nico Rosberg got into the car and uh, immediately decided to do some payback for Spain 2016 uh, <laughs> by getting in Lewis's way um, and, and having a little bump with him as they were going down the main straight. Bloody Nora! And, yeah. Um, yeah, but the funniest thing about this whole thing for me is I was watching it back. Russell's DRS doesn't shut. He doesn't touch the brakes because if you touch the brakes, your DRS yeah. automatically comes off. Absolutely. Bro just drifted straight into Lewis Hamilton and just accelerated through the terrorism. He was like, no, I'm not going to break for any of this. This is this is fine. Let's just keep going. Yeah, it's like, what? Just a Rubbin's racing, baby. But here's my take from that whole thing. The, the, like, you, like you said in the notes, like the team didn't tell Lewis or George, what was going on? It's like, hey, by the way, you're both starting push laps. So if it looks like they either didn't have time or they mismanaged it, because you do not, you do not start a time lap side by side with your teammate. Like that's that's chaos. So somebody on the pit wall saw that. It's like, should we just let this happen? Yeah, you, you know I what? Think, let them figure it out. There, there was a miscommunication. Like, I know for sure. Again, this is fucking F on Twitter. They love to get themselves upset over things like this, but. Bias. Yeah, Signs had just finished his hot lap. George moved over to avoid him, who was going on to his push lap. Um, and in that time, Delta was slowing down to a, get out of the way of Signs or whatever. Lewis managed to sort of pull up alongside George, and it was it was just a bit messy, really. Yeah, yeah. That's I I, th- I think that's one of those things. Like, I don't think it was that deep. I think that was a, not a driver mistake. That was an operational. Uh, it it happens and you don't want to see it. And they don't do that very often, which, yeah, I don't yes. know. Yeah, but. Uh... Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. The George Russell terrorism tour has made its Spanish stop. Nah, He's it was, back. It was, a, it, back. It was a good stop. And uh, we've got, you know what? He did actually did some counter terrorism in the race. And we'll get back yeah, to his yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. counter terrorism attack. But um, man, qualifying three. Gasly Gasly gets investigated for impeding twice. Yeah, he's done, uh, throughout he's the done session. Well he's done twice. Um, yeah, then what happened? Max thought, thought he was on a slow lap rather than a push one. He got a two instances of three place grid penalty, taking a P4 to a P10. Like, you can't do that. And that is another operational error. Yeah. During qualifying, the race engineers are literally, when you're on a cool lap, you're like, right. All the race engineer needs to be doing is watching that. And if they don't have that, then they need to have somebody else like a strategist or someone else or someone in the ops room that can have capacity to watch gaps. Because if your driver is getting hit with a sixth place penalty for impeding drivers on hot laps, that's an operational issue. That's not a driver issue, in my opinion. But did you see Alonzo ratting him out so hard? He's like, oh, there's, you know, Alonzo's yeah. like back in the back and sees it happens. Like, oh, there's no way that's not a penalty. Oh my God. It's like, fucking hell, Alonzo. But that's, Alonzo has so much fucking CPU that if he can find a way 
to fuck somebody else over or make sure that they get a penalty that's deserved, he will do it every instance because they, they you know, it's very likely that they would be racing Alpine and they, they need yeah. to get more and more gaps to them if they can. So he is the personification of the phrase, don't hate the player, hate the game. <laughs> he is that man. Don't hate the player and don't hate the Dark Lord while you're at it. But yeah, I mean, Max's gap to everybody in that, that session was absolutely. Was there anything in that session that like, you're like, wow, that was other than the chaos, the qualifying session uh, talk. In like, all, of, all of qualifying, it was, it was yeah. probably just the Ferrari, like Charles's Ferrari with the upgrades. And, and, and then there was like this weird thing after, I don't know. I didn't see this in an unofficial Ferrari source. So this could be, this could be wrong, but they said that, oh, we've run out of time to check Charles's car at the end of qualifying because of Park Fermi and, uh, Breaching the curfew, so we're just gonna go home. What he's P nineteen? Just break the fucking curfew. Change everything at the back of the car and start in the pit lane. It was such a weird statement to make. I don't know what the state of that is right now. Like, how many curfew jokers do you get now? I don't know that. So because before two, you would get a couple. Of, okay, yeah. If it's still two, then why don't you why don't you burn one of your jokers? You've got. But at the same time, they're like, ah, fuck it. But if you break it, again, I'm pre prepared for this to be completely wrong. I've not checked in a good few years. If you break it, it's just a monetary fine. Is it really? I believe it's. I believe it used to be. I don't know if okay, it still well. is, but even if they've used all their jokers, just pay the fucking ten thousand euros, mate, and just get the car <laughs> sorted. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the the repercussions are, but it sounded like they couldn't find what it was, and they didn't want to commit to a chassis change overnight. Which is why, in the end, they pretty much did that anyway. Um, because in the, the end, whole back of the car, yeah, they changed all of the uh, rear suspension. Um, which, when you change the rear suspension on the back of the car, you're pretty much fucking changing everything anyway. You got gearbox yeah. and God knows what else. It's a reset up the car, check everything. In which the setup systems on F1 cars are now pretty good. The processes are great, but uh, yeah. Here's oh, yeah. here's a good one. Uh, Red Bull's gap in qualifying. Oh, to the the closest the closest competitor, Red Bull's gap was about zero point seven percent to the nearest car, which was the Ferrari of Carlos. That is the biggest gap that we've seen between P one and P two this season, and that means everybody else was behind them. Um, in terms of outperformers, McLaren made huge improvements, but relative to the pole, everybody went backwards oh, yeah, except yeah. for. Um, Haas, Haas do this thing where they're on it, off it every other weekend. This is one of Haas's on weekends, despite being, what, 7th, 8th fastest, 7th fastest team at 1.4% off pole. Aston Martin, massive underperform. Ferrari, massive underperform. Uh, but, you know, the, the, that group right there was super tight. So it doesn't matter, like, if you, if there was a couple drivers that just put, like, half a tenth together, you change the whole order, this whole thing massively. So this is another one of those... Um, yeah, I completely weird shakeups as well. When you mentioned McLaren, we completely forgot Lando got P3. Yeah, I mean, did, did you see when Max, you know, when the three cars pull up at the end of qualifying on the P1, yep. P2, P3 signs, Max does a visual double take when he recognizes yeah. that Lando's up there. He's like, What the fuck? Right, you okay? Everything, what happened? Oh my god, that was wild. That was freaking wild. But, um, 
why don't we uh, have a little quick word from our uh, our friends real quick before we get into the race? So stick around for the race and uh, check this out. This is this is this is for you guys. All right. Boom. Hello, it's me again. Just to tell you that we are continuing our deal with NordVPN to give you an exclusive offer. You can get it by going to nordvpn.com slash engine to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan and four additional months for free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. They have a super simple app that you can use on your phone, your tablet, your PC, and it's something that I've used myself for years and I've been completely happy with it the entire time. And it's just in time to get around that potential geographical restrictions for F1 TV. Obviously, I can't say you should do that because that's probably illegal, but you know. So yeah, go to nordvpn.com slash engine so me and Blake can feed our families. Thank you. And listen, Actually, go on. Oh, I was going to say, listen, if you want a VPN and you've not done it yet, bloody hurry up and do it because a little dicky bird has told me that uh, they're changing things up in July. So get it done now in June. And it, uh, yeah, and I, I don't have kids, but I need to pay for Sterling's vet bills. So uh, appreciate you guys. A fist bump there. Yep. Let's talk about the race, man. Talk to me, Goose. Uh, signs at the race start gets bullied. <laughs> we'll come back to that um and i and i did for shadow russell committing an act of mercy an act of counterterrorism. he actively avoided the shenaniganry and uh drives around the outside of turn he two. does but we also forget that on the formation lap he bins it and puts it into the gravel did you see that <laughs> i i missed that what when formation to the grid when they were going around to the grid he just i think it was turns five and six yeah, yeah. up there he just basically okay. fucking went straight off into the gravel and then back onto the track and that was when, Bloody Nora. yeah i <laughs> i put a prediction before the race started i said this this race right mercedes is going to get a double podium and everyone was just like Mate, you've just said that, and George has literally just driven off into the gravel on the formation lap. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, it's gone well then." But he did. He's done it. Oh my god, that's wild. But um, he he basically it's getting pretty crowded at turn one on the race start, and he bails out on the escape road. Um, so we've also got Norris, Ding Dong's Lewis's rear corner. Uh, Norris loses a front wing end plate and ends up spinning the rest of the race in the bin, but. Um, Russell comes out quite well from that. He's up like what four positions on the race start, which is massive for his recovery drive from yeah, yeah. from the depths. So it was noted that he gained an advantage. But if you go, I don't believe they showed it, but I went back and looked. If you watch his onboards, he followed the procedure. He took the escape road. He joined back in after the cone. Yeah, you know, if he gained an advantage of it, it's because the they track did the fucking didn't fucking do a good enough job with the re-entry <laughs> yeah. point. Yeah, so he, he goes from 10th to 8th on the race start, which is of the other guys that are starting in the back. So we've got um, Leclerc starting from the pit lane. Uh, we've got Sergio Perez starting from P11. And George Russell saves his race by getting four of those sheds out of his way immediately. Immediately. But uh, did we? did we... Did any of the broadcasters or anybody... 
give Stroll the proper acknowledgement that he went from P5 to P3 on the race start as well, and he held up Lewis for quite a while also. Uh, I don't really think so. Um, all, I, all I will say is that, of course, Lance comes out and has a good weekend when, in the last episode, we were talking about Lawrence firing him. So, <laughs> I mean, another opinion piece from us that's aged like fucking milk. Yeah, but it's okay. He got he got absolutely mugged by Lewis on lap five or six or something anyway. But, you know, Lewis and, and Lando take that. And he got his elbows out on the race start. I've said this plenty last season. Lance sometimes maybe has those moments where, like, does he have any awareness? And we're like, probably not. But he's got a little bit of that killer instinct, man. Like, in terms of being aggressive, it's just like if he had a little bit more pace, he could capitalize on yeah, that. He has but, these um, flashes, these moments yeah. where you think, Actually, he's not a bad driver, and then something silly will happen, and then you're just like, "Yes, I forgot it's Lance." Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like I'm I'm not surprised when I see him do well, and I think it just kind of went undetected that he had a great race start, but did not have the pace to hang on to it. The, the Mercedes were clear. Red Bull this weekend, he could have he could have literally one stopped the race, but he was just like the hard tire sucks, and then towards the end of the race, Hamilton had to do another stop, and Max was like. Yeah, I'll cover. I mean, Hamilton did soft, medium, soft, and they're like, mm, this medium's a bit sketch. Why don't we put on another use soft to the end? Like, yeah, okay. And Max is like, oh, I've got a 40-second gap now, which is, I need 22 seconds for a stop. I'll put on a soft as well. But, um, yeah, I mean, Max just went from the start. He went side by side with signs into turn one, and then that was it until we finished yep. the race. <laughs> that was just yeah, that like, was it. Okay, see so ya. Yeah. It was like, Here, what, a 10 seconds by like lap five or something ridiculous? And I was like, okay, cool, this is done. Yeah, well, why don't we, like, here's the thing. I, I feel like Max just needs to to listen to his engineers a little bit more. Max starts asking GP towards the end of the race. He's like, what's the fastest lap? <laughs> and GP reminds him, he's like, you've got a warning. One more track limits infringement means you get a five-second penalty. And yes, we've got, you know, 20 seconds in hand, but we don't want a penalty. And Max is like, understood. So what does he do? A lap later, he goes, you know, green, purple, purple or something. It's like, right, I'll have that. And uh, GP's right. like, can you bring right. it home? Keep in the white lines. Between the white lines. It's like, yeah, yeah. But GP's just like, God fucking damn it. And they're like, he's like, I'm sure he's looking at Christian on the pit wall. He's like, I'm trying here. And it, Christian's like, I know, I understand. Yeah. But, we have this. We have this every now and then. We'll come back to the fastest laps because I've got an interesting point from the fastest laps. But let's let's dig into Ferrari. Oh, Signs. Let's start with start with the headline. Signs converts a front row P two to a P five on merit, uh, and Leclerc does pit lane to P twelve outside of the points. Yes. Uh, oh my God, that hurts. Actually, sorry, I'm going to be controversial here. Was it not actually a P11 after Yuki's penalty? Oh, fine, fine, a I P11, but like on P11 merit, outside the is a P12. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I went back and watched the race again today, and I watched it with uh, multi viewer. Pick up multi viewer. If you're not um, using multi viewer, what the fuck are you doing? Multiview for F1, Google it. It is completely legit. It lets you see all the onboards. This is not a plug. They don't pay me any money. No, they just have no an amazing money. product. And they change the way that I viewed Formula One. You can see all the onboards. There's a timing screen. There's a telemetry screen. There's track maps, radio messages. There's even an AI driver radio transcription 
it's mind blowing. It's mind blowing. Yep. Um, if you have so, F1 TV Pro and you and let's say real quick, if F1 TV Pro is not available in your region, if you refer back to our sponsor, they might be able to help you with some virtual plane tickets. I'm just saying. Just um, saying. It's the only way to watch Formula One. I'm sorry. Yeah, every time I watch a race, I get the Euro Tunnel into France and run F1 TV Pro. We, we, we. Tu es un beau I think that means something. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I don't know where was I. Yes, F watching the race again. Uh, I was paying particular attention to the Ferrari and Charles. Obviously, went on hards at the start, which I didn't think was a terrible strategy all right P19. go go long yeah go long drive through have a little bit of tire life because you should have a pace advantage absolutely um he's just his pace is nowhere and he's just he's just stuck behind um is it gasly he was stuck behind or piastri one or two he was stuck behind for ages at the start and yeah i think i think it was gas man and then they just basically elect to bring him the rock on bring him in on lap 17 or whatever to put softs on um and but the, here's the thing a lot of people saw that and like what the fuck are ferrari doing but that, that's not that thing it's like yes the optimum strategy on the hard was to stay out longer on the hard but when the hard is has that little performance well you're not just gonna tell your driver don't worry charles this is the good strategy it's the hard he's like i'm stuck behind a car which is you know realistically on pace should be three cars slower than us yeah. So they, they basically just had to get off of that tire because, like, right, this hard tire is fucked. We're yeah, going to go. And going, they put him onto the soft and they, they weren't it. going to. Oh, they know what were they going to do? No, they were going to put him on another hard. And he says, what? No way. So that's uh, the thing that bothered me the most is that they wanted to put him on another hard and he has to override them. He's like, no, that tire's terrible. Put me on the soft. Uh, and then he does, he does a stint. Longer than it, yeah. I, I I caught that using uh multiviewer, uh using the text AI. Um, I, I went yeah, through check that. They boxed him and they brought him back out into a clean bit of the track. So I thought, okay, right, fine. That that makes sense from that sort of point of view. Uh, he he wasn't it really like yeah he came out, uh, not really in clean air. He had to fight through that. Like he had to go through well, the Alfa Romeo when he came out. He came out. Uh, Gasly was literally right behind him as he came out, didn't he? And then Gasly like immediately overtook him again. And he was just basically fucking sat behind Gasly again. It was like, great, cool, GG. Yeah, exactly. Um, he basically couldn't make any progress past the Alpine. That's Leclerc's entire race, is that? So interestingly, though, we had, there's a lot of speculation on the, the Twitter nets. He fits a new tire, hard tire at the end. And he's okay on it. Like their pace is not great. He's equal with signs. But the thing that I speculated is that he possibly couldn't put enough energy in the hard tire at the race start to get the tire working because the cars around him, he couldn't overtake them. So he's sitting there doing something like, you know, two seconds off the pace that he would be doing on the hard at low fuel at the end of the race. And the tire's just like, that's not enough energy to get me working. Even Max on his middle stint was like, this hard's not good. And they're like, right, well, we could stay out or we just put you on a new scrub soft. And he's like, yeah, send it, mate. The track temperature, again, this is something I picked up on the broadcast today, was 10 degrees lower than what it was when they did their uh, long runs on Friday as well. So that may have yeah. uh, changed things up. Somewhat. Absolutely. 
the, the track actually started relatively warm, which was just at the start of the stint, which goes against what I've said. But at the end of the race, the track was very cold. I think it was 30 or something. I, I, I might be misspoken, but it's definitely, yeah. The race conditions were substantially colder. Yeah, exactly. Last year was like 50-ish. So. Yeah. Yeah. But the, uh, something was not right with that Ferrari. Whether the upgrades haven't worked like they should have, but there was just no pace in that Charles's car. And Sainz's pace wasn't much better in his car either. No, they, they had some serious, serious issues um yeah that, that was just like not an ideal race aston martin i don't think we need to spend too much time on them um the only thing i will give alonso is he's like he was on a recovery drive as well and he's like i'm not gonna attack lance he wasn't even using drs when he was within his drs window no, I, was in he just pulled, okay. I think for a couple laps he was he just pulled up to him but yeah they looked like they took a hit this weekend as well in terms of relative overall performance yes but apparently they got a big upgrade coming in the next race, Canada. Mm. So let's see what becomes of that. But yeah, no, Aston were pretty anonymous this week. Ooh, speaking of, guess which driver was the closest to full throttle through the final corner in qualifying? Uh, I know this because you said this on Twitter, I believe, and it was Lance Stroll. It was Sir Lancelot. Mm. He's so dreamy, almost flat through turn 14. Oh my God. Almost <laughs> flat. Give me those maple syrup pancakes. Whoa. Yeah. But um they had a they had a bit of a yeah, crap race. One to forget, hopefully they find some performance. But I feel like this was another one of those Ferrari struggled here. Aston definitely looked a little bit in the mud. But let's talk about Mercedes. Mercedes. Oh. As as Paul the rest would say, Mercedes. In general. In general, they looked like they made some improvements. The qualifying yeah, they did. qualifying was a little bit of a mess, and I don't think that was a true indication of what they got. Their race pace, I mean, race pace, solid second fastest this weekend. Checo didn't come through traffic enough to be a threat to them. Um, yeah, they made the softs at the start last forever. I think it was like 27 laps as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was wild. Yeah, they, they went very long on those softs at the beginning. Um, their pace was good, but... I, I want to talk about something a little bit more serious in terms of performance. And I need to talk about George Russell's perspiration levels inside the car. Oh, what, at one point, at turn five, apparently. Yeah. At one point, he comes on the radio and tells them, I've got spots of rain on my visor. And they're like checking the feeds because you can see all the other cars, right? And they're like, are, are you sure about that? And he's like, uh, 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 maybe it's just my sweat. <laughs> Yeah, I liked how Christian Horner, there was like a, after that radio message, there was a shot of him uh, with his hand like trying to feel for rain and it's just fucking George shithousing everyone. That is funny. But here's, you know what? Since since we already confirmed that Nico Rosberg took control of George's car in qualifying. Yeah, yeah he did, yep. What Nico didn't tell him is Nico has an old trick for sweaty races. Um, he would basically use a a women's sanitary pad oh, in the shit. inside of his helmet to absorb the sweat in wet races. Like he's like, what? It's a sanitary pad. There's nothing wrong with that. It's to absorb sweat. That is literally a Rosberg thing. And, that, yeah. Do you remember that? And they're like, what? What? And he's like, no. But like, honestly, if it's even if he's an athlete and that's real sweat, enjoy it. Enjoy it. Hey, if it works, it works. It does. It does. Um. So yeah, that's the race. I mean, race result, 
Mm. Well, you got anything else before we get to the, because I want to talk about the overtaking say, regulations. I want to say that um, obviously sucks for Lando. Um, he had a nightmare <sighs> in the race. Um, P17 in the end, that. Yeah. From P3, that's it's like the opposite you want to do, isn't it? Yeah. Backwards. Um, yeah, sorry, Mercedes fans. Beat yourselves up. Feel good. I think the upgrades have certainly made a good improvement. However, however, I'm, I don't want to be a negative Nancy here, right? But the W13 also looked really good in Spain last year. And it was also good in Canada. So next race. Don't count your chickens just yet. Yeah. Well, here's another thing. Like when I was watching the race, I saw that Max did a fastest lap attempt and Lewis did a fastest lap attempt towards the end of the race. Right. And I was like, holy, that thing looks quick. And I'm like, okay, it's three tenths off. That's, you know, okay, maybe in race pace, they found it. Then I went back and looked at the laps. Lewis had four tenths of DRS down to turn one on that lap. Mm. So I'm like, okay, well, there's seven tenths, which, which there's a lot of context around that. I had somebody on Twitter this morning who's an expert says, you've got to consider a lot of things. I was like, I did consider a lot of things. And I also made a caveat that, yes, you need to consider things, but Oh my God, I almost lost full this morning, but the, yeah, the Red Bull are still clear. I'm not sure that we've even had a sniff of what Mercedes upgrades are worth and they're only going to find more. Yeah. So uh, it's, 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 it's gonna promising. It's going to take a little bit longer to get the definitive answer if Mercedes are moving in the right direction. Sure. Um, but it, you know, look, Hey, it looks good so far. Let's just see if it carries on. Um, yeah. I was going to say something else and I've completely forgotten. That was it. So in 1988, not only was I, I born, so obviously a great year, uh, but McLaren uh, took the record for most consecutive constructor wins of 11 race wins in a row. Ooh. We are now at seven with Red Bull. Is ooh, it safe to say it... that that's getting smashed? No, it's never safe. Because you might like underfuel and qualifying and lose the chance to win Singapore. Yeah, and, and chat are going absolutely insane because they've just realised that means uh, you're older than me. Yeah, I was three in 1988. Yeah. My younger brother was being born. I'm just old and fucking haggard, whereas Blake's quite uh, fresh faced. But I'm also dead inside, so mm. I hide it well. Takes one to know one, doesn't it, brother? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But um, right. Let's talk. Let's talk about penalties during the race. Sunoda on lap fifty six gets a penalty for forcing Joe off the track. And I think the guidelines. Let's review the guidelines of overtaking. Um, there's basically two sets of guidelines that the stewards will consider. They will not use it as the book. Um, if you're overtaking on the outside of a corner, you need to be slightly ahead at the apex, and that will be considered one of the criteria to say the driver had a right to that. I went back and I was like, nah. I went back and watched it. Um, Verstappen should have had a penalty on the race start. Signs was ahead at the apex roughly. So maybe they said, ah, oh, but it's lap one. So be it fine. Um, and then Joe, Joe was alongside or slightly ahead at various places through that corner. And they deemed, but they weren't massively different, but both signs and Joe dipped out of that and yeah, i don't know man a lot of people like oh 
you know, if you're going to penalise Yuki, why are you not penalising Max? But I'm almost certain that this has been written somewhere and you can go and look for it and I promise you'll find it, that they're more lenient for lap one incidents. Yeah. So that that's the reason why. It's just because it's lap one, turn one. They're a bit more lenient with what happens. Yeah. Cold but I mean, like tires, the, full the tanks of The idea of like, of like, oh, you have to be ahead or behind at the apex. So it's like, no matter what happens, like you'll be close and maybe not or not or not. I don't know. It's like, oh no, that's your penalty now. Like, I feel like, I don't know. Like, I don't want drivers forcing other drivers off the track. If it had been into a wall, mm. that would have been a different story. You know what? Uh, I'm, I'm sick and fucking tired. I'm so fucking bored, man. Of, I'm bored. I'm not towing the company line anymore. Bollocks to it. Yuki has been unfairly treated. I'm starting the hashtag free Yuki movement. Yep. Give him back his fucking P9, you pricks. Listen, my man's been been done over. He's been robbed. He's been fucking robbed. Bollocks to this. I'm sick and tired of being sensible and taking the company line. Fuck it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm just so fucking bored of this. Bullshit. Just let them fucking race. You know what? And if they don't like it, let them fucking fist fight at the end of the race. Let them fucking have it, man. I'm so bored of this shit. I'm so bored of it. It's just like... And then drivers are fucking giving each other free dental health care in the pit lane afterwards, man. Yeah. And you're whinging you're just, because his tie went off the side of the track on a 30 uh, off area. You Fuck know what? Off. Will Power was right because some of the wheel to wheel in that IndyCar race, they're like, that's pretty cool. You know, it was a fucking melee, but like, it, it was like, oh my God. He, oh my God. And like, yeah, at some point, Max, somebody's going to give Max some tough love and he's not going to like it. But you know what? So be it. Let so be it. Like, race. Give it to him. Give yeah. it to him. Yeah, that's <sighs> what you got to do with Max. You just got to dish it, dish it back to him, and you know, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, I, back I, to I, I hated that mainly because I want Yuki to do well, but I just thought, ugh. ugh. I'm just bored because like every time like somebody does a slightly wrong thing, Twitter's like, oh my god, what do they do? Let's have a conversation. It's like that's not even fucking intelligent conversation. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm no, I'm I'm done having discussions. I don't care. My opinion is correct. Yeah, fuck them. I'm, I'm, I'm done negotiating. Fuck them. Um, right, let's talk about our predictions before the event. Let's let's uh, let's take stock here. We'll like put ourselves accountable. The qualifying top five, Dan, was Verstappen, Sainz, Norris, Gasly, Hamilton. What'd Correct. you go for? Uh, I went for Verstappen, uh, Perez, Alonso, um, and then I forgot to write my other two down. <laughs> I think you so had Mercedes up there. I, had. I think you had the Mercs up there. Yeah. Oh, okay. I had Verstappen, Perez, Leclerc, Alonso, Russell, and I could not have been further from the truth. That was, again, and that's one of the things I do like about this. That's one of the things that I do like about this is that qualifying session was not predictable. Did it make no. the race much better? Uh, no, but I don't think it was a bad race either for, let's, let's call it what it is, for Formula One standards of racing excitement. That one wasn't bad. There was stuff going on the whole race. Not bad race. Yeah. And you know what? Again, uh, sorry, I'm going back down the tyres route. but That's fine. Let's it go was back. cool to see there was actually lots of different viable tyre strategies at this race. Oh, man. Let's, let's, yeah. I mean, let's, let's pull up the notes. We had uh, medium, soft, medium, hard, soft. We had soft, medium, soft. We had hard, soft, hard. Yeah. You had, you had one of everything. Nobody, yeah. It had one of everything. It was uh, mixed. I mean, if you stopped three times, 
that's not great. But yeah, mixed two, three stop. Or if you're Lando, I think he stopped like 30 times or something. No, it's just three. Okay. I agree, man. No yellow flags either or anything like that. It's you know what would have been fucking juicy though? Oh, I swear to God, if you're going to say rain. Mm, yeah, rain or a late race safety car. Oh, I'm fucking, mate, mate, I'm jumping ahead here, but every single weather reporter that said that we were getting rain at Spain is going on fraud watch. Oh, that's, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. They spent the entire Let's... race wanking themselves <laughs> off saying it's coming in 10 minutes, it's coming in 10 minutes, it never fucking yeah. came, did it? Um, yeah, you know who's not coming ever? Exactly. You. Yeah, you fuckers. <laughs> um... Race podium, who did you have this weekend? The actual podium was Verstappen and then a Mercedes, um, Hamilton and Russell. Uh, yeah, I, I believed. I, I fully went for the uh, number 33 hype and put Alonso to take the win. Yep. <sighs> Didn't happen. You got the other 33, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I got my 33s mixed up. Yep. Um, I put Verstappen in second. Uh, and then... I'm very, really sorry, Ferrari. But Charles in third. <laughs> Unlucky. I did. I went boring. I did Verstappen, Perez, Hamilton, and yeah, it coulda, shoulda, woulda, ain't gonna. You know what? I was really happy to see one of my old colleagues. Uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna name drop him specifically just for him, not because I don't want to, but one of my old buddies who worked on the engine side worked with us through from Renault and then came to Honda. He was up on the podium, got to get hosed down by uh, a couple legends and I take the constructors trophy. If you if you listen to this, you might. That made me really happy to see, man. Nice work. Nice work, brother. Make yourself up. Um yeah. I just like I know some people don't want to get name dropped, so cuz all you're going to have is a bunch of like really excited race fans in your inbox like oh my god I have my babies that's how it works when you're twitter when you're formula one famous just everybody's yeah. just on you yeah speaking you. of uh people in f1 teams i'm jump. we're going way back here but oh roll it roll it rewind the uh the spare chassis that was getting rolled through the pit lane <laughs> oh yeah people like red bull are changing checo's chassis they weren't yeah, and Callum was just like, no, we're just fucking putting it back in the truck. <laughs> so if anybody, to, to, to phrase that, right, there was a picture online and one of the one of the paddock, people in the paddock posted pictures like Red Bull are wheeling out the spare, spare chassis. Yeah, they were wheeling it out of the garage and putting it back in the truck to get ahead for pack up. So during the race weekend, in certain places like normal racing circuits with normal garages, you do have enough space. So the spare chassis is back there, like under some shelves or boxes in case they need to wheel it out quickly. You don't have to go out to the, you know, to the parking lot to get one out of the truck and roll it through the paddock and cause a fuss. They were just putting it up. We got excited and Cal was like, um, F1 mech on Twitter. Uh, he's yeah. just like, you fucking dorks. I'm like, I'm sorry, Callum. Yeah. <laughs> Callum. Um, you've been in his DMs, haven't you? Trying to convince him to come join us. Yeah, he said, uh, I'll, I'll see you guys in December. I'm like, all right, I'll yeah, see you then. He's not, he's not going to get a moment's peace until December, so it's only fair we wait till then. Yeah. Um, why don't we go through... I had a couple of questions on Twitter. You want to go through them real quick before we get to our random fandom report? Yeah, hit me up. Right. Uh, who has the best anti-dive from Lewis Bones? Dan? Uh, who has the best anti-dive? Oof. I reckon uh, probably Lawrence Stroll. Um, I reckon... He could really look after himself in a fight and uh, no matter how hard you hit him, he's not taking the dive. So yeah, no, I think Lawrence Stroll. I reckon Zach Brown, honestly. 
Like you reckon? Yeah, he he's like dive bar. He's had a couple couple tall boys. No. Um, had a tough race. He's nah. He's he's nah. He's he's got Zach. He's got skeletons, man. Nah, for bollocks, sure. Bollocks. Zach's all talk. Yeah, fine. All right. Who has the best ended up? No, I'm not gonna say that one. Um, so. Uh, Mizoi S says, "Why Haas McLaren looks so good in qualifying, but we're absolutely nowhere in race uh, because that's what they've been good at all season, unfortunately." Yeah, setting up your car for a one lap over setting up your car for a race, or setting up your car and just everything going to shit as soon as it turns Sunday. Just sure. it's just it has it's just the day of the week. It's the Sunday that it goes bad. Not not that the race is there. Um, cars on the street asked, will the Merck upgrade solidify second the World Constructors Championship for them? Can no. Aston's Canada upgrade get Alonso back on the podium? Maybe. I, I think I would answer those. Solidify, no. Uh, can it get him on the podium? Yes. Yeah, too uh, late to tell. Right. Uh, Ninjas asks, not related to the Grand Prix, but I've been thinking about Liber Media pushing for the show more than the tech. Red Bull so far ahead. I'm sure doesn't make him happy. Would you see more spec parts level the field like Indy does? And if so, what would you spec for all teams? Any thoughts on that? Uh, because it's not. It's would, not actually. He's not saying spec car. He's saying more spec parts. Yeah. Um, would I spec parts? I would, but it wouldn't be aerodynamic. It'd be really boring shit. That's like steering wheels, gearboxes, something like that. Something that's yeah. not really gonna, you know make a huge amount of difference, but it will help the lower teams if they can just basically buy. Well, a Val- Valkyrie in the chat asks, didn't Aston Martin ask for a spec gearbox? And they did. And we talked about that through the week. And I think it makes a hundred percent perfect sense that you'd spec the gearbox. And Aston Martin have a more political reason for asking for spec gearboxes, because since they're going away from their Mercedes partnership in 2026, they're going to so they basically have to come up with a gearbox department or find somebody that will sell them a gearbox that will mount to a Honda power unit. Do you know who, so, uh, who could sell them a gearbox that would fit to a Honda power unit? Red Bull. Yeah, they could. I think people are unaware just how much stuff Red Bull can actually sell and does sell to other teams. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, so I, I think boring stuff like gearboxes, uh, spec brake discs and bells, spec uprights and hubs, as long as you had flexibility to package like your own cooling and your own winglets and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, if you want to make an impact on the show in terms of the racing, you would need to go to spec era. You know, in terms of to make all the cars roughly, if, like you said earlier, if you had a, and I don't think it's the right thing to do. It's not what Formula One is. If you like that, there's so many other series we can watch. Let Formula One be that place where all the technology and development comes together and the racing is what it is. And it's a product of man, machine, engineering, design, yeah, all the whole thing. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't want to see it go spec aero. No. That's part of the fun games for me. I like to see everyone's wild interpretations of the rules. Yeah, I'd like to see that. I, I like this way it is. Um, Scratch Acid on Twitter says, why doesn't Max obey his engineer? Uh, because he doesn't fucking have to. And he's he's like, you don't need the fastest lap. And he's like, bitch, I'm taking that fastest lap. Mm, yeah. I love I admire it. I admire it. Like, doesn't give a shit. So be it. Yeah. It's, it's quite an amusing um, 
father and son relationship, I think, between them, which is quite funny. GP just sounds, he's like, you can just hear him just under his breath. Fucking not again. Every time. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's what, that's what I always used to call the race engineers to take the piss out of them. They're um, clipboard holding, tire pressure, monitoring babysitters. Yep. And a lot of their job is very heavily dependent on their personal skills and relationship with the driver and operational stuff. So it it is it is what it is. Um, yeah. <laughs> Just real quick. Uh, Naveen Agarwal says, Fraud Watch nomination which we're going to get to in a minute uh for replacing bonato with vasur who is nothing except for the pit stops he's improved nothing but fair enough fair enough i don't know but like you you can't expect just to swap out a team principally we're good now don't worry because the team principal like the things that the team principal's in charge of take a lot longer time to do that yeah no i'm done with that fuck that i'm i'm turning up the toxicity to 11 and saying that they need to sack everyone again. Okay. I've had enough. I've had enough. I want to see a competitive Ferrari. And I want to see it without an illegal fuel flow meter. Hmm. Well, why don't we get into our next segment? You get a little, uh, a little beep beep for that. Random Fandom. Boom. Welcome to Random Fandom. This is the part where we show we can hate all the teams equally, despite our disgusting Red Bull bias, uh, <laughs> by basically picking a team at random that we're going to hype up and do a book report on uh, after every race. Sick. Uh, and uh, this this week for the Spanish Grand Prix, I got Alpha Tauri. So, Ooh. without further ado, Alpha Tauri, uh, pretty average Friday. Uh, did some prototype tire testing and long run practice, like the majority of the teams weren't happy with the pace on the softs. Uh, however, amusingly, uh, Nick DeVries did go P4 and FP1. Uh, qualifying turned into a bit of a mess with uh, a lot of the teams due to the changeable weather. Both drivers had some spins and damaged their tires. Uh, Yuki had a good lap in Q2 that probably would have got him into Q3, but sadly deleted four track limits. Uh, Nick DeVries, P14, Yuki P15. That doesn't sound like something that uh, Red Bull's sister team wants to aspire to achieve, does it? Mm. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Race-wise, Sonoda had a good start, found himself running uh, in the top 10. Uh, big up Alpha Tower, really got a bit ballsy and tried to undercut both during both of his pit stops, and it worked out quite well for him. Cool, uh, holding on to ninth, but then sadly, the uh, Joe move into turn one. Snowder ran him wide uh, off the track, got him a five second time penalty, uh, which dropped him from P9 down to P12. Free my man, Yuki Snowda. This is bullshit. Um, the freeze was uh, completely average this race. Um, he just couldn't keep up with Yuki, but he stayed out of travel as well. So, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, fair uh, enough. Weekend-wise, probably a missed opportunity because I reckon they had a package strong enough for points and being closer to the midfield in qualifying. Oof. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. Like, I just don't think that's where Red Bull, Red Bull want the Red Bull sister team to be, they, they, they want to be scoring them points every weekend. And it just, 
oh, seems like a struggle. I don't know what it is, but anywho, I had Mercedes this weekend. Um, Friday looked rough. Sixth on Friday overall. Struggling getting qualifying. Hamilton in a P5 and Russell P12. So not bad for where I thought a Mercedes would be in qualifying. P5's not bad. Uh, the qualifying ding-dongs, they had some some communications fall apart during qualifying from the drivers colliding with each other. But I think Sunday, they did an excellent job on Sunday optimizing the race. Russell had an outstanding start, uh, kept his nose clean, avoided you know bullying through the shit fight, made up four positions. Hamilton had a one of those thankless races, you know, he's just flying through, cruising, maximizing the points. Um, not to take too much away from his qualifying race in terms of pace or upgrades, like I, it's hard to say what they're going to do now with those. Um, it's the first proper race on a new configuration of the car, weird track conditions, temperatures and tires. But, you know, they were closer in Monaco and Australia, the pole. But again, I don't think this weekend's qualifying performance uh, is indicative of that. Um, Good execution. Ferrari didn't show up. Aston didn't show up, and they did not drop the ball. Um, both Hamilton and Verstappen attempted fastest laps, and then I went through that earlier. Like Hamilton looked like he was super close, but there's so many caveats to that. I think we still haven't seen the full potential of that package. I gave them like a strong B plus, almost an A weekend, honestly. Like with except with the exception of that qualifying uh, shenaniganry. Yeah, that wasn't too clever, but realistically, I think more george was struggling and that one and yeah fair enough i think fair enough i think but if you have nothing further to add i want to introduce you guys to our next segment fraud watch, fraud watch. Right. Fraud Watch is a segment where we put somebody on blast every weekend. We've got a couple of repeat offenders that are in Fraud Watch jail, uh, and they're going to compete for the fraudy at the end of the season. We've got McLaren on there, I'm pretty sure. Yep. Ferrari are on there. And uh, that's it. That's the only people with three strikes each. Who have you nominated for Fraud Watch this week? Chat, listeners, this is, this is. Are you about to get emotional? I think it's time that I admit this week on Fraud Watch, I'm nominating myself, ladies and gentlemen. No way. I said back at the start of the season, Nico Hulkenberg was the wrong driver for Haas. He was mid, he was washed, and he had no place being back. He was in old. He was old. He was just, Ugh. it was a pointless, uninspiring signing. I still believe some of that. However, I did say, <laughs> I did say after three races, you know, I I would say if I was wrong, well, I went I went just to six six or seven races. I finally decided. Listen, I was wrong to slander Nico Slander, Nico Slander. I was wrong to slander Nico Hulkenberg. There we go. I understand. That is I the forgive first you. and last time I'm ever apologising on this fucking podcast. Okay. Well, it's it's funny that you've put yourself on Fraud Watch because I've also put myself on Fraud Watch. Any long-term listeners to the show, at the end of every episode, we do big up our nans, um, our local butchers, and so on. I got sausages from Morrison's, and they were shocking. So I was on my Traeger grill 
this weekend. And I was like, you know, what? I'm going to grill up some, um, some zucchinis, uh, courgettes for you weirdos. Thank you. Uh, and some sausages. And these sausages were so, so bad. Morrison's doesn't sell meat. Speaking of, did you see, <laughs> did you see the tweet from PETA this morning or yesterday? And it was like, you wouldn't eat a Tyrannosaurus, would you? They're really closely related to the chicken. I'm like, people just yeah, kept replying with, yeah, people just keep replying with like dino nuggies and stuff. <laughs> Killed. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. but seriously. So, me for slandering Nico, you for disrespecting your local butcher. Mm. Um, let's move on to the next segment real quick, because I know we've kept you guys for the, but you guys, I'm sure you guys are loving it, right? So let's go to... Oh, you think who's a good boy? I am. I'm a good boy. So, what is Engine Mode Good Boy? Uh, Engine Mode Good Boy is like our thing of the weekend. It can be a driver. It could be an event. Anything that basically happened at the Grand Prix or or related to it. Uh, so, I'm going to go for uh, a chap called Chris. Now, I didn't get your surname. My apologies. Uh, but someone spotted, I think it was FP3. There was a crowd shot of uh the crowd obviously and someone sent me a message like have you seen this i swear there's someone in the audience in fp3 that's got an engine breaking logo on their shirt lo and behold it was so i put out a tweet <laughs> saying like is this you and like, I wanna, identify yourself yeah, i, I want to congratulate you i want to big you up on the pod uh, uh. so yes uh, our mystery man chris revealed himself and he went and got himself his own uh, merchandise printed and wore it to the track and got it on the TV coverage. So, pick yourself up. That is that is insanely on brand because only us shitters would be so crap as to not have any merch. Yep. And our our crew are like, you know what? We'll just fucking We're- make our own. <laughs> So I think we might have to get some engine breaking shirts done. Uh, leave I us a comment on YouTube it. or Twitter. If you if you're interested, let us know. Gas it up, and we'll we'll get them out to you. Um, we definitely need the fraud shirt. We definitely need the engine braking classic. But uh, Chris, we appreciate you, homie. This yeah. week, I am gonna give the engine mode good boy award to John Pierre Lombiasse for putting up with Max's bullshit every weekend. It's just like a thankless task. It's a thankless task. It's like, man, can you just like not do that fastest lap thing and he said fuck you man i'm doing it uh but he did get the grand slam uh yeah. every session qualifying every lap lap led of the race and fastest lap wild yeah i don't have the stats but there's a couple of uh there's a couple of other impressive stats of the number of grand slams that but yeah it was his 40th race win as well there you go Ooh, p40 um yeah so when i left the trackside job in 2017 into 2017 was my last full season he had three wins wow. fucking wild yep. fucking wild man look at how they've grown since we fucking left mm. indeed so what do you got coming up for the next week i've got some plans you got anything coming on because there's, there's no race this weekend there's no f1 race this weekend there's something else this weekend though the and that is brand fromage the hundredth anniversary of the 24 hours of Le Mans. Uh, I will be out there from Friday. Uh, I'm not. I might. I'm going to take my camera and record some stuff, but I'm. I'm not doing content. I'm not. You I'm just chilling. 
not not in a negative way, mate. But you'll be too busy drinking, having a good time, and that's I will. what you should be doing. Don't and I will. Don't stress out over it. But yeah, mm-hmm. are you going there on business or pleasure? Pleasure, hundred percent pleasure. No, no work lined up. Uh, I might reach out to a couple of friends that are in the paddock there to see if we can come say hello, uh, show them some support. But other than that, honestly, I'm just looking forward to go hang out. Uh, Joao, friend of the podcast, uh, he's oh, coming he out. out. There, he? He's out. Uh, my girlfriend's coming with me. His friend is coming, and we're just going to get smashed up, run into some friends out there. Um, Jamie Price, if that's even is your real yeah. name, we'll see you out there, Joker. Um, quite a few other people honestly but yes yeah. yeah i'll be watching from the comfort of uh my own home hell yeah actually hell that's yeah. not uh, true i'm actually going to go to a watch party with a few other content creators you're gonna watch some 24 hours of the mans i am at a private barbecue venue Ooh, that sounds lovely it will be that'll be really fun and i'm not telling anyone who it is because they'll lose their goddamn minds so you'll have to wait and see at the weekend is it Lewis Hamilton? No, but it's some of them are Lewis Hamilton's biggest fans. <laughs> I know it is. That'll be fun. That'll be fun. Um, well, awesome. Um, are you going to have any iRacing streams coming up? Uh, maybe. Yeah, we need we need to figure it out. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the the NASCAR. That thing is so fast, man. So, oh. uh, I'm having an office move soon oh are you wait have you got the new office sorted uh, i just need to d- finish the internals of it uh and then we are having a move um Ooh. And we've also got some sim kit as well have sh- you have you got some stuff sorted yeah yeah Ooh. so hashtag ad or no, hashtag back have to hashtag fucking uh that's me throwing dollar bills that's Dan doing some. That sounds weird very gym. awkward, doesn't yeah, it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear! Put that in the fucking sound. I think you're busted now. But um, yeah. Right, ladies and gentlemen, take care of everything. Have an awesome weekend, and uh, yeah. Don't don't shop at Morrison's for those sausages. No. They're terrible. Big up your local butcher. <laughs> Tell your mum you love her. Big up your nan. Uh, Check in on your mates and uh, fuck off.